NASCAR home tracks too, but I guess that's true. That's true. That's true. That's that's I guess the priority. Well, I guess I do the videos for myself, but yeah. Well, NASCAR home tracks, and um, you know, you're you're at all the K and N races doing that stuff, right? Right. But I'm talking about like when you 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 tweet videos of yourself on your account Davy Center, and Mm -hmm. you're like standing up here at the track, and you're giving a very enthusiastic uh, recap. I try to. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think one of the first times you talked to me about it was at Watkins Glen last year when I gave it a holy bejesus. Uh-huh, yeah. That race deserved a holy bejesus. Okay, but let's last, let's talk about this race. Okay. Did this race deserve a holy bejesus? Um, maybe not in the right way, for some of it at least. So here's the thing. I, I mean, we've been sitting, the checker flag flew probably about, what, hour ago or so at this point? Yeah. We just heard from Joey Logano, Roger Penske, and Todd Gordon. So I was... After stage one, we were sitting together in the press box, and we both looked at each other. We were just like, this is not good. Stage one sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. It it essentially was last year's package with more exciting restarts and less Well, one, because there was no cautions. It was just exactly. the start of the race. Yeah, You tweeted that, just... that, what, no cautions for a first time, besides stage breaks, for the first time since 2002? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, stage one was terrible to watch um stage two it got better and stage three well, i think the, the got lead, better as well the lead in it in stage three or in stage two the lead was up for grabs between logano and kyle bush before kyle bush's speeding penalty mm-hmm. and they were really going back and forth and that was interesting and entertaining yeah and they were using lap traffic as picks and they were sliding on the apron and using the top and the bottom and that was that was entertaining to watch right, right. that was kind of i almost felt kind of like relieved in some ways not that this is you know my rules package or something but um, I just, as somebody watching it, it was like cringeworthy. The first stage you're like, cause I, you know, I let's, let's back up here. I came in today really hyped up for this. So did I, I, like I think super honestly, a lot of people did. And it's yeah. not so much drinking the NASCAR Kool-Aid, so to speak. I think it's just that there was a lot of hype behind it from everybody, from media members like us to drivers, to fans, everybody involved in the sport in some form or fashion was hyping up the rules package. I personally was not expecting it to be exactly like last year's all-star race. I wasn't expecting to see drafting three wide, 10 rows deep in the pack. I was expecting closer racing. I was expecting pretty much guys wide open on the throttle, which is what we saw. But the close racing part of it, at least for this first stage, and honestly in the other two stages, we didn't see a ton of it. Now, if you look at the intervals, I just overheard somebody in the media center say, for the last 100 laps, I think Logano was within a second of the second place driver. So he could never get out to a big lead. So if you look at that, you say to yourself, okay, this is a pretty solid race because the leader could never get away from somebody. Everybody was close together time-wise, but did you honestly really feel confident in anybody being able to pass a leader that had clean air? No, I I didn't didn't either. But so I, I was going into it thinking that the leader you know, that, that there wouldn't be many lead changes today because the leader would get away and nobody would be able to pass. But I thought that the, the trade-off of that would be that the racing in the pack would be really spectacular. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking that from 3rd to 15th on back, that they'd be slicing and dicing, like we saw in final practice. Yeah. Um, 
and, and, you know, final practice was great. And, and also, you know, I was here just one month ago for the test and they were doing these 25 lap heat races and they did four of them or whatever. And I, I really, really bought into that. And especially like, looking honest. at the test, you would think that that was with how many cars? What, 20, 15 Not even. ish? Yeah, yeah. You would think that if you double the size, you put 40 cars out there. Right. Obviously, you have your outliers that are going to be running slower than everybody. But you figure 25, 30 cars or so around the same speed, that would create an incredible show. And that's what I was expecting. And so, you know, I and I'm, I'm getting hammered on Twitter right now, to be honest with you. And, and I deserve it because... You know, I was I was playing into the hype and and but I just have to say though, like even though I did, it was coming from a genuine place. Like I wasn't trying to, you know, say like I wasn't trying to be like, oh, this is gonna be great. You should watch because I thought it it wasn't going to be great. I I legitimately I I woke up this morning before my alarm and thought this is gonna be awesome. Like I can't wait to get to the track. I'm so excited. This is gonna be one of the most interesting epic days of nascar yeah. like, i really believe that and i guess now you know everybody can laugh and look back and be like well that was dumb yeah idiot you know yeah but i i'm I, you know i believe that so i'm kind of embarrassed a little bit i guess that i bought that much into you're it. not alone though like i was the same type of way i mean i was i woke up thinking all right this is probably one of if not the most anticipated nascar cup race in the last decade yeah you could argue that with all of the hype behind this rules package well and especially a pre-playoff race not counting the 500 exactly I mean, this time of the year, it was like, dude, this is going to be epic. I really, yeah. There's so much riding on this race. And I think in the first 15 laps of the race, you're thinking to yourself, man, this is really cool. And then once everybody gets strung out after the restart, you're thinking, all right, well, they're, they're strung out. All right, let's see what happens when they get into lap traffic. Maybe things will bunch back up and then it's lap 30, it's lap 40, 50, and it's single file strung out. Nobody can pass the leader. Clean air is still king. And you're thinking to yourself, so we slowed down the cars. We took a lot of the driver's skill away from it, right? And nothing's changed, right? That's what you're thinking to yourself. So you're not alone on that. And like, yeah, people are gonna hammer you on Twitter, or whatever. That it's gonna happen. But I think the majority of the fan base, to be honest, was thinking what you and I were thinking, which is that we're gonna see something drastically different than what we have seen before. And ironically, the last time I was on this podcast was we were sitting in this very room recapping the cha- the playoff race last year at Las Vegas, which with the prior package was incredible i think the was it a good race poll was 93 percent, 92 percent. i hit it right on the head by the way not to brag um but that was incredible racing in and of itself and then you're thinking to yourself i remember i was thinking on my drive home okay why are they gonna switch this up when we just saw really good compelling stuff on track and i guess in stage one everybody overreacted to everything because like i said stage two and three were better right but in the grand scheme of things it left some things to be desired well yeah and you know Look, here's the thing that if if we did not know that this was a new package and and every like if we had just dropped in from last year's race till now or whatever, mm-hmm. last year's package till now on mile and a half and you just watched this race, you would have been like that was a pretty decent mile and a half race. I mean, stage 2 and 3 were pretty decent. There was lead changes, there was some very I mean, the restarts were fantastic. Insane. I wish there had been Insane, more of them. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely better restarts. Um and then as Joey Logano passionately pointed out after the race in his, his em, uh, emphatic defense of the package, um, and there was a, there was a 100 lap run at the end, and the leaders were that close, and there was a close finish over a 100 lap green flag run. So, you know, there there is if if you just looked at it separately from the rules package part, you would have said, okay, this is a decent race. But when you take everything that went into this race and all the buildup and hype and people constantly talking about new rules package, new rules package, and then Atlanta comes and you're like, well, that's not the real one. This is the real one. <laughs> Vegas, here we go. 
you know, and like, it's just going to be epic and there's drafting and qualifying yeah. and oh my gosh, what's going to happen. And then you're like, well, that kind of looked like last year's race, just a little bit better maybe, Yeah. you know? And you're like, uh, what is just like a normal race? I still think it was a good race. I, I mean, we'll get to the poll later. I still think the majority of people are going to say that they, it was a good race and they were entertained, but there's going to be those people that even though deep down they're saying, yeah, it was a good race. There was side-by-side racing. The restarts were crazy. There was a ton of passing. The leaders couldn't get away from anybody. Those people are going to be, have the, in the back of their mind, exactly what you said. I was expecting way more. I was not expecting single file racing. I thought guys were going to actually have to lift a little bit and the handling was going to be affected a lot, which it was in dirty air, but in clean air, I mean, you were just flat out the entire time. We were joking because Clint Boyer on his radio, literally at the end of stage one, I want to say, keyed his radio and said, here, boys, I'll take you around for a lap. Said nothing for about 15, 20 seconds. And just then engine said, sound. Said, by the way, I- I'm flat out, just if you couldn't tell. Yeah. But then later on when he was running 12th, 13th, 14th area, his car was handling terribly. And he was on the bottom, and cars were passing him up top. And Mike Bugarav, his crew chief, was saying, hey, try the top. He said, why do you only try the top for him? Flat out on the bottom. You yeah. think going up high is going to create any speed? No. So it's it's kind of hard to judge whether or not this package is a hit or not because, one, it's it's been one race. So I don't want to be that guy that overreacts and gets on my soapbox here. But I still think – and I don't want to be that guy either that says, oh, let's give it more of a chance because there's more races coming up because this is it. Like this was the debut. Yeah. People saying after Atlanta, give it a chance at Las Vegas, that's fine because Atlanta was not the full package. Right. This was the full package. And – Frankly, I was underwhelmed. With that being said, I think it was a good race. But with everything that went into it, looking at it from a 35,000-foot view, it left a little to be desired. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what, everything that you're saying there. And and I think that even to that point that um, you know NASCAR was expecting a little bit more. Steve O'Donnell said so, too. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to go there. Because, I mean, Steve O'Donnell, there was no spin, I didn't think, from him after the race. He was pretty candid. Mm-hmm and said, look, you know, we're not satisfied with that. I'm a fan too. And, you know, I I was glad stage two and three got better than stage one, but still a work in progress. And, and, you know, we want to see more out of it basically. Um, and you know, I thought that was pretty honest comments. Let's what, you know what, um, why don't we take a listen to those really quick? How would you uh, evaluate what we saw out there? Well, um, I would say if you look at, uh, the first stage, um, Certainly saw almost two different races, kind of stage two, stage three. Um, What we said from the beginning was we wanted to see the best car still win. Um, We wanted the ability, and this is an actual fact story, but if you look up and turn two or turn three during a run, we wanted to see the leader and the ability for second or third at least to be in that shot and have the ability to pass. We saw that. Um, You certainly saw the last stage, 100 lap, green flag run with no cautions, top four within 2.5 seconds. Um, so directionally, I think better for sure, but, uh, you know, not satisfied. We can, uh, you know, I'm a race fan first and, uh, liked what I saw, but also think, you know, there's more to come over. So those are, are some of Steve O'Donnell's comments after the race. And, um, again, so that's NASCAR's view on it. Um, the drivers for the most part, what, how would you describe the drivers on, on pit road when, as we got to talk to all the top 10 afterwards? I was actually a bit surprised at their reactions that it was overwhelmingly positive. I, I don't thought they were positive. I, I thought they were. Yeah. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was pretty positive saying it was very fun. Truex said the same thing that it was fun. Denny Hamlin, I think, was one of the only people that we were able to talk to that said that it wasn't super fun because it wasn't that challenging. Truex said it was fun. I missed that part. I, I, I was be, hearing Truex saying that 
he didn't really I don't know. He didn't seem too high on it. Well, it was mixed for the most part, but the drivers yeah. that I talked to, they, I mean, Chase Elliott basically said, I don't care if the fans liked it, then I liked it because we all have the same rules. We have to live with them. Right. But for the most part, I mean, qual- qualifying was one thing. I think all the drivers hated qualifying. Yeah. Except for Chase Elliott, ironically. Um, practice, it seemed like the drivers were having a good time. But the race itself, I, I think that they came away with it thinking to themselves, okay, we knew this was going to be how it's going to be. I mean, it's not like it, it came out of nowhere. So they saw it coming. But I think overwhelmingly they were pleased with it. They weren't overjoyed. They weren't throwing their fists up and ready to riot about it. I think they know that it's a work in progress. Like Steve O'Donnell said, too, it's not going to be a week-by-week week thing. This is going to be a yearly type deal. Like, they're going to evaluate this whole thing. Yeah, they'll do it week-by-week, week, but they're going to evaluate this whole year once it's all said and done at Homestead Miami Speedway later on and see what went well, what did not go well, what we can improve on for next year, things of that nature. But after this race, I think the drivers overwhelmingly were just kind of rolling with the punches and saying, yeah, pretty much what we expected. We'll go on to Phoenix. We're going to have a lot more speed down for us, and we'll go to the other mile and a half, and things will probably be the same. But drivers are going to improve. Speeds are going to rise because teams are smart, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I, I totally disagree. <laughs> I, Good, I, we like that. I totally, I totally have a completely different interpretation than you. Uh, from the drivers. I, I thought that they were biting their tongue and trying to avoid getting themselves in trouble. Um, I agree with that. I do agree with that. But I think what they were saying as far as like it is what they expected, they were saying it was what they expected in sort of like a, a negative Oh, yeah, way, no, they didn't like know. it. I thought you were saying they're overwhelmingly... Well, they were supportive of it because what else are they going to say? I mean, they can't just all be like Kyle Busch and say, this package sucks, I hate it, There takes the skill out of it, I feel like anybody could drive these cars. Like, uh, of course, they're not going to say that. I think you're right in that respect as well. Finish your thoughts. Sorry, I interrupt. No, it's fine. I, I just I, I just thought that they were, you know, Keselowski was keeping his comment short. Um, you know, when you try to pry with some of the, you know, like like Chase Elliott saying, well, I don't care. It's not up to me to say whether I like as it because the if, like if, it, yeah. if the fans like it, and I'm like, okay, well, what if they didn't? And he's like, well, he wasn't having that, that, that's yeah. not up to me mm-hmm. or something, you know, like I think the drivers, you know, when, when you try to ask in a different way and say, was this what you expected? Yeah, pretty much. You know, like I think they're expecting we're going to be flat out. We're not going to be able to pass. It's going to be frustrating and we we're not happy about this, it. but we're, yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to have to deal with it. Um, I feel like there's going to come a point though later on in the year. I don't know where it's going to be and who it's going to be, but somebody's, somebody's going to hit gonna a breaking snap. point. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I guess today's not that day, obviously, and I'm sure that they've all been told, like, you know, chill out for a little bit. Don't throw us under the yeah. bus from NASCAR yeah. saying that to them. You know, don't be like Kyle Busch in 2007 saying that it, it sucks. Car tomorrow's Car terrible. Tomorrow yeah. sucks. So that was my that was my take. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it was an interesting day. Yeah. Because the vibes, too, I, I think the vibes are actually pretty good. I mean, we were both at Daytona, obviously. The vibes there are unparalleled to anything else. But just, I don't know if it was just the music that I was playing or something, or just my 22-year-old brain and mind was just, like, really hyped up about it. And yeah, then, no, I mean, it was a good, I feel like it was a pretty solid atmosphere. Yeah. It was, a, you know, now you can't really tell because they've taken out a lot of seats, but I thought it was a bigger crowd than mm-hmm. anticipated. Yeah. When we went down to walk from the press box to the media center during the race, concourse was like packed in, on the stage break mm-hmm. from stage two yeah or like at the end of the stage it was like tons of people yeah you were like I mean, damn look at all these people not even watching yeah they the weren't race. even watching the race yeah. i was like okay but you know it's just i've just felt like there was a lot of people so i mean that was good but but you said even in stage one like right after it ended you said quote i think 
this took the wind out of my sails. It did. It did. And I've, I've, I kind of still feel that way though, a little bit. I mean, just, it's just, and you know, again, everybody's gonna have different interpretation. And, and I think the big thing is that NASCAR is going to say, well, this, this is going to race differently at many different kinds of tracks. I mean, you mentioned Phoenix two weeks from, from now in Fontana, big, huge worn out mm-hmm. track. Um, that's going to be a completely different race. So who knows if, if it'll work there, it's going to work in some places, not work in others. But I thought, I guess my disappointment feeling comes from, I thought this was going to be the prime place where it would work. I thought it was like pretty much designed for a track like this, not Atlanta where that's going to be worn out, but a track where the tires don't wear out as much. They're all going to be stay to, able to stay together. And they just, they broke apart so fast, way faster than they did in the test. I guess it was colder than the test. So maybe the, the track was just hotter, but I wish I asked some drivers what the difference was today compared to the all-star race and the test. I mean, I know there's, there's specific differences with the amount of horsepower and downforce and things of that nature, but it just seemed like not a, not a 180 degree difference, but it seemed like a drastic difference. But I told the, you this, I, I text some people and, um, some, some spotters were saying that it was, uh, it was because of the temperature that like, that was a big, a big thing. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing that I am encouraged about and happy about is that the best teams and Matt Weaver corrected me when I said the best drivers, he said, well, no, not really. Cause everybody's just flat out, but the best teams, the best organizations, they were the ones that were up front. I mean, Joey Logano won the race, Brad Keselowski was second, Kyle Busch third, Kevin Harvick fourth, Kurt Busch fifth. Now he played a little strategy to get up there, but the top five by and large have been five of the best drivers in the cup series for the last handful of years. Then you got Truex in the top 10, Amarola, Elliot, Hamlin, the one outlier, I guess, would be Ricky Stenhouse Jr., but he was right. quick pretty much all weekend long. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I, I kind of marked on here, so I went back and looked, and 14 drivers in the field out of these 38 have won at a restrictor plate race before. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you would have to think they're at least competent drafters in the course of their career. Um, the top seven were all people who have won at restrictor plate races before. So even though you say, hmm. you know, I mean, I would look at it and be like, wow, uh, Stenhouse, Almirola, those are not necessarily guys I'm used to seeing um, up there. They're restrictor plate winners. And but that was another thing. Like like when, when they first announced this package, I thought right away to, all right, this is going to be like Daytona and Talladega. They're going to be drafting. They're going to use the draft. But I didn't feel that way at all today. It wasn't drafting in the pack sense, but I feel like the – the principles that they use, I could be wrong on this, but the principles they use, like side drafting someone really hard to make a pass. Those definitely apply. That's what you do at yeah. Talladega or Daytona to make a pass. And also the understanding that how understanding that when you suck up to another car, how to get the run, when to pull out on that car. And but, being able to handle an, an ill-handling car in dirty air. That's yeah, something that's very that's difficult. That's true, too. That, that's something that all the drivers are talking about was track position. Right. Essentially, if you have the track position, you're good. Like, that's what Kyle, that's what frustrated Kyle Busch um, just about as much as his pit road speeding penalty was that, he, I mean, he drove his butt off to get back through the field from the rear, which right. nobody was really surprised about. Um, but he said the most frustrating part was his track position because if the leader is out front, clean air, I mean, you're not going to pass him. No matter what you try to do, unless he slips up, you're not going to get by him. That was well, the most frustrating part. And for the him. counter to that would be, well, look at Kozlowski and Joey Logano, but Kozlowski on pit road said that the reason that he was able to catch Logano and then that Logano was able to catch him was because in his words, he got hosed by lap cars that lap cars, uh, first hosed Logano, which allowed Kozlowski to make a run and get by. And then he said he got hosed by a lap car, which allowed Logano 
uh, to make the pass or whatever. Sounded so. like Martin Truex Jr. out here. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what he said. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that probably had to play something into it. But um, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about how people will view this race. Um, we touched on it a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm going to go go ahead and go first. I feel like you have a, uh, a different view of it, so I don't think we'll be that close. Okay. I think that due to I think that what you said about it being a good race is fair. And again, I go back to the point that if we did not know if we didn't have the expectations set so high for this and it was just viewed as another race. Like if you if you dropped down from Mars and you saw racing last year, NASCAR, would you know that there was a difference this year? Probably not. No, but I just would have been like, wow, the restarts were great and the leader couldn't get away. That's, exactly. that's pretty good. Exactly. You know, so I would have said it was a good race. However, I think there's going to be an intense backlash among mm-hmm. the fans on Twitter. Absolutely. Who are voting in the poll for the wait a minute. You told us it was going to be this. You said it was going to be this. That's not what happened. It looked just like a normal race. Yeah, it's all your fault. I'm going to vote no. They're going to take out their anger on voting no. So I think I'm actually going to go with a... I think I might go as low as a 55% yes. We're way closer than you thought. Oh, really? Okay. I'm sorry. So you're on what, 55? I'll say 55% yes. I was going to say 59 Really? So you're going to be in the 50s. Okay. Yeah. I'll go 59 because like I said, like it was a good race overall. Right. It just with the hype behind it, people are probably going to vote no because they were disappointed in what they thought they were going to see or what they wanted to see. Exactly. But in reality, what they did see was a good race. But what they wanted and what they thought they were going to see was not. So and you're not going to be I able think. to go back and tell people, oh, by the way, if you think about it, it was a good race because they were no. sitting there the whole time going, oh, no, this isn't what I was promised. And, Jeff, and, I, people and I can't don't blame think him rational. for that. But on. I can't blame him for that, though. Because, I can't either. You know, yeah. we, we were in the same boat. Like we said, we thought we were sitting up there. And I mean, you, you try to take emotion out of what we what we watch, but we were both completely deflated after the first stage. Like we said, just because you you have an expectation for something. And when you get excited about anything in life and it doesn't happen that way, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's not what I thought. So I, I understand people being upset about it. And, but just know that, uh, when I, when I was trying to, when I was expressing my excitement for it and enthusiasm, I was being genuine. I, I really thought it was going to be good. It just wasn't, there's right? some, it there's wasn't some, as good as I thought. Yeah, no, there's fans, there's, there's everybody in the sport that has that drink in the NASCAR Kool-Aid type thing. You're not one of those people. I don't think I'm one of those people. Like your your excitement was genuine, and so is mine. Like I, maybe it's just like I said, my my youthfulness gets me hyped up about things that shouldn't really get hyped up for. But like walking up to the press box during intros, I was hyped up. I was yeah. jacked up. I was like, man, this is this could be a historic day in NASCAR. I know, dude. I that's, and that's what's so like cringeworthy about it now. I told like, okay, listen, so. Like, you know this about me. Most of my good friends from back home in the Washington, D.C. area, they don't know anything about NASCAR. All they know about NASCAR is that I cover it, and it's been my thing for a long time. That's all they know. And I was telling them all about how I'm going to Vegas. There's this new rules package. Cars are going to be closer together. They're going to be going a little slower, but you probably won't be able to tell the difference. But they're going to be racing side by side, passing each other three wide. I was showing them clips of the test. I was showing them clips of the All-Star race last year. And I convinced a couple of them. I convinced a couple of them to tune in for a little bit and just watch. They watched the last five laps of Daytona, and they were a little turned off by all the red flags and whatnot. But I was like, please, just watch, like, five laps. I think you actually might like it. And then there's got to be countless fans across the country, across the world like that, that 
heard things from a source or whatever saying, oh, NASCAR's trying this new thing. Things are going to be closer together. Let me give it a try. Then you tune in on stage one at lap 40, and what do you see? I mean, right. that's got to be a huge, like you said, just well, knock the wind out of your sails. Yeah, I, and I just pulled up this tweet because this is this was my feeling. I retweeted this early in the weekend. This was reflective of my feeling. Um, Doug Rice from the Performance Racing Network, the play-by-play guy, Friday morning, he tweeted, trying not to be overdramatic, but the race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway is the most important race of the year. NASCAR has pushed their chips into the center of the table with a new uh, aero package. I, for one, hope they get the desired results because this is a huge leap. So, again, it comes back to if they're going to do this, if they're going to take all the driver skill out, and they didn't take it all out, but you know what I mean. They made it easier, all that stuff then it better damn be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, I guess that's part of it too, is like, if they're going to go this direction, it better produce. And since it didn't produce the first race, at least that that's where we're coming from. But anyway, I completely agree. There's yeah. going to be a ton of pushback, but then I'll, I'll also point out to you tweet Mike Ford with NASCAR. He just tweeted this out like right after the checkered flag, there was 47 green flag passes for the lead and 3,345 total green flag passes. That's the most ever at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I know. There's a ca- I, I mean, the caveat yeah. is there were no cautions and everybody was closer together, so I get that. But that that's because I think in large part, that's there was nine green flag passes loop data-wise for the lead last year and 47 this year. But I think that the, a huge reason was of the green flag pit stops. Mm-hmm. The lead is changing constantly yeah. when there's green flag pit stops, so of course that number is going to be high is because there's no cautions. That's why but, it's like back and forth with the, is it a good race poll, what people are going to say. Because if you look at some statistics, like the intervals with the last 100 laps in the top yeah. three, and then this stat with 47 green flag passes, you say, all right, this was really entertaining. There was a lot of shuffling up in the front of the pack. But then when you watch it in actuality, you're saying to yourself, all right, I don't really have any confidence that anybody can get by the leader. Yeah. So it's it's a tough thing. It's like a tug of war. Like Yeah, it, the, the definition of a good race is really... That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But anyway, oh, yeah. Davey, uh, we got to go. But um, tell us about what you're up to on Front Stretch and with all the stuff that, that you're doing uh, in your NASCAR coverage. Yeah. So um, I've been working with Front Stretch for a couple of years now. Started it like midway through my college career. Um, and now that J-Ski, unfortunately, has gone a little defunct, Front Stretch is kind of trying to be the new J-Ski. I think we're doing a pretty good job of it, to be honest. We got some like driver charts, team charts, um, a staff of like 30, 40 uh, really good writers from across the country. Um, I mean, we do really good. We do really good work. There's commentaries. There's news. I, mean, I think it's kind of like your one-stop shop for NASCAR news. There's a lot of different outlets that can provide you with that coverage, but I think Front Stretch is probably one of the preeminent ones um, in today's day and age. And then NASCAR home track stuff. So that's kind of my main thing. I cover the K&M Pro Series East and West for them. So I'll be at every race. If you're going to be at any K&M races, feel free to say what's up. Um, I think like the only reason people know about K&N right now is because of Haley Deegan, which is kind of like, <laughs> it kind of makes me a little upset because there's so many other stories that go along with the series that guys that have been in the series for years. Yeah. Like the, I'm going to do a story on this one guy, um, assuming I can find a translator because his English is a little broken. It's a guy named Takuma Koga that nobody's heard of. He's racing the K&N West series for, since I think 2000 and the mid 2000s, like 2005. He's from Japan. He flies back and forth to Japan, to the U.S. for every single race, every what? single practice session. And he only has like one career top five. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, no one has. 
Huh. It's like there's so many of these like little stories that you've never heard of. Like this guy named Matt Levine, who's racing K&N for a long, long time. He's helping. He's kind of stepping back from the driving role now, and he's helping young guys try to get discovered, getting better equipment. I mean, there's like a ton, a ton of stories, east and west, that um, are out there and to be told. So I'm trying to do a pretty good job of telling those stories of the younger guys, not just the Bill McAnally racing with Haley D and then DGR with Powerhouse out east. So um, I'm looking forward to this year being at all the short tracks that I haven't really gotten a chance to see living in the metro DC area my entire life. Um, but home tracks is really cool. We kind of have like revamped our social media strategy too this year. Um, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So definitely encourage everybody to check it out. Um, and if if there's a race in your guys' area, I mean, there's one in Douglas County, Oregon. Um, I encourage everybody to check out the schedule and see if there's one near you guys because the access, just like a cup weekend, is unparalleled. Um, the races are really entertaining. And it's just one of those things that doesn't get a lot of attention, but I feel like it should because it's, it's really good racing. Sounds good, man. Well, Davey, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to you all for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.